find your seats tonight in the presence of the Lord. Amen. All right, hallelujah. Let's turn to the book of 2 Corinthians tonight. 2 Corinthians. And I want to preach a message called The Mind Battles. The mind battles. How many of you had some mind battles this week? Amen. Some mind battles today? Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 5, a sermon I've entitled The Mind Battles. And as you're turning there, there's a story of a boxer who'd been beatenly so bad uh, in a boxing match. His right eye was nearly closed from swelling and there was a cut over his left eye. His lip was split and his nose was broken. And when round five ended, the bleeding boxer fell into his corner, into his stool, and the trainer jumped into the ring, sponged him off with some water and said, okay, boy, you're doing fine. Stay in there. You got this. And he said, the guy hasn't laid a hand on you. The boxer looked at his trainer with the one eye he could see through and said, well, if that boxer hasn't laid a hand on me, you better check that referee. Because someone's beating the living daylights out of me. You know what? How many know the devil is always trying to beat you down? The enemy is always trying to find that knockout punch to get you down and out. But how many know we got to be honest with our problems and our sins? You know what? We can't just be fighting and be like, you know, I got a problem here. I got a problem there. We, you know what? Let's just keep going. Listen, you need to be honest that you got a problem with your sin. Because denying what you're really dealing with only deepens the problems to the hole that you're trying to climb out of. Come on. Therefore, our minds have got to be open and honest before God. Because that gives us the only chance to gain the victory over the enemy. And so tonight I'm going to address the teaching that's found in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. And this concerns the arena of the thoughts of your mind. Paul is writing and he's saying there's something happening beyond what I could ever see, beyond the, what the natural, uh, you know, what people can conceive. There's something going on in the spiritual realm, in the arena of your mind. And Paul tells us that this battle for the mind goes on in the lives of God's people, even after they are saved. However, he informs us that we can win this battle. Amen. That we can win this fight because God has given the authority. God has given us the right weapons to fight with. God has given us the armor and he's in our corner. Do I have a witness tonight? Amen. So tonight in our text, listen to what Paul writes. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everyone say every thought, bringing every thought into captivity. To the obedience of Christ, verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This is a knockout punch right there. Being ready to punish 
all disobedience when you begin to obey God, when you be obedient to Jesus Christ. Amen. Number one, let's consider the thought, the battleground. The battleground is fought in the arena of your mind. The battleground is in your mind. And verse 5 gives us insight. It suggests that it's a spiritual battle in your mind. And Paul is saying, bringing every thought into captivity. There's a spiritual battle, church. There is a spiritual element that the devil is attacking in and through your mind. He's trying to gain dominion. He's trying to gain access. He's trying to get past areas that you've put up, you've guarded. He's trying to ever get into your mind. And it's a spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, a well-known scripture, for we do not wrestle what? Against flesh and blood. Don't try fighting the devil in your own strength. Don't try fighting the enemy with your own IQ or with how you think you can do it because I'm telling you, you will not win the fight. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Tonight, church, the devil longs to get possession of your mind. Because he knows if he can get possession in your mind, everything leads to everything that you do. Let me give you three sub-points, starting with C under this heading. The devil wants to, number one, capture. The devil wants to, number two, control. The devil wants to, number three, corrupt your mind. So consider capturing your mind for a second because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to capture your mind. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Listen, he says, for as he, talking about as a man, as a woman, as you think in your heart, so is he. And so the devil knows that what you think about is what you will become. The enemy knows if you keep thinking these thoughts, it's eventually going to leak out into what you're going to do. And I'm telling you tonight, the devil knows what you believe affects how you behave. The devil knows exactly the outcome on how you are to live for God, on how you are to serve in ministry. The enemy knows your potential. The enemy knows exactly what God has predestined for the believers, that it's the narrow path, that it's a great path that's leading to eternal life. And so the enemy is trying to get in your mind, trying to capture your mind because he knows what you believe will affect how you behave. Satan used this type of attack when he led Eve and Adam to sin against God in the garden. He came into her mind. Your thoughts determine your actions. Jesus spoke about this in Mark chapter 7 verse 18 where he reveals that evil thoughts, murders, deceit, blasphemy and adulteries amongst all the other sinful things that Jesus describes says it comes out of the heart. It comes out of your mind. And so the ground right here, listen, the battleground, it starts in the mind, the place where you think, the place where you buy yourself at home and you're not doing anything. And if you're idle, not doing it, listen, that's where the enemy wants to attack. That's why I say to every young man, you got to find yourself a job. Young or old man, come on, because when you begin to be left alone to your own devices, I'm telling you, you might try and say, oh, I keep myself busy. I'm telling you, no. 
Because the devil wants to come in where you're just lazy at home, sticking, doing everything that you want to do. I'm telling you what, come on, the enemy wants you to get by yourself where you're just so lethargic. Oh, I just chill, relax. What did he do to David on the balcony? David stayed home. David, you should have been in the battle. You should have been fighting. You should have been doing your job as a king. But no, you didn't. You did what all the other lazy kings have done in the past. You became lazy in your faith. And what ends up happening, David goes walking along the balcony instead of the battlefield. Oh, I'm telling you, that's a trap. Don't find yourself on the balcony when you should be on the battlefield. I'm telling you, the devil wants to win in your mind. And if he can fire darts, fiery thoughts of lust, fiery darts that try and pierce your mind, get in there. Because he's trying to capture your mind. Whatever you think of will affect how you behave. And if the devil can capture your mind, he can, number two, he can control your mind. There's a real demonic influence, believer. Brother, sister, listen tonight. There's a real demonic influence that's attacking your mind. He wants to control you. And I want you to remember, we're all sinners. We're born naturally in sin. And so what the enemy does, he works on you day and night. His desire is not to merely capture the mind, but his desire is to have absolute control over it. The devil wants to control your mind. He wants to manipulate thoughts so you fall to those temptations, so that you fall to the things that you weaken. And he leads you to sin. He leads you to disobedience and eventually to death. And I'm afraid there's so many young men and so many young women, even in our day and age today, who've allowed the enemy to come in, capture their mind, and now controlling them. And now their lives are filled with addiction. Now their lives are filled with, uh, with heartbreak. Their hearts are filled with emptiness and void of God's love because they've allowed the devil to come in and control begins to take over. And a mind captive by the devil, listen, will be controlled by him. And ultimately, number three, filled with corruption. The devil wants to corrupt your mind. And a corrupted mind is one that is disobedient to Jesus. A corrupted mind leads to a corrupted lifestyle. And this is the devil's greatest victory is by taking total dominion, corrupting the human mind. You know, God desires for us to know Him. God desires for us to have a wonderful relationship with Him, to walk in His light. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from the evil one. He saved us from hell. And Jesus Christ died to make it possible for you and I. And God knows that the sinful life is filled with so much hurt. God knows that the sinful life is filled with hurt, with pain, with sorrow, with guilt. And eventually, listen, it will end up in death. The Lord desires for us to know life and life more abundantly. But the enemy, listen, seeks to distort that. The enemy wants to come in and make you hate God. The enemy wants you to come in into your mind and makes you hate your brother, your sister. He wants to fill you with anger and bitterness. He wants to fill your mind with all these thoughts. He wants to corrupt your mind because you're not on his side anymore. You're on God's side. And so what does the devil do? He blinds and he deceives. The devil takes over the minds of people, blinding them from the truth. 
Sadly, millions upon millions of people walk in darkness in our world today. There is a real darkness of satanic visual impairment that people do not know the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And sadly, people cannot see the light in many of so-called believers. Or they profess they're Christians, but they do not possess the fruit. Or they might say they go to church on Sunday, but their light is not even shining. Who are they? You know what? I can imagine a Christian today in the book of Acts and they're trying to heal people and the devil speaks at the Christian and says, who, do you, who are you? Paul, I know. And the, I know Jesus. I know. But who are you? I can imagine today you try to pray for someone. Oh, I know. You know what? I know the apostle. I, who, who are you? He blinds and deceives, but yet the Christian people, the men and women who are called to be the light in the world of darkness are still contaminated with the darkness. The devil blinds and deceives. The other day I saw a clip of a man who had surgery to his, uh, to his eyes and he couldn't see colors. He couldn't see colors and everything in his world was completely and utterly dark. I mean, it was he, he saw black, he saw white, he saw uh, tones of gray, and that's all he saw. And I remember watching this video, the moment where he had surgery so he can receive color in his, in his sight. The video, I mean, it revealed the moment they removed the bandages. He begins to open his eyes and he sees color for the first time. He opened his eyes, he looked around for a moment, and he begins to burst out into tears. He threw his hands over his eyes. He, I mean, I'm watching this as, as he begins to weep. As he begins to weep uncontrollably, his wife that stands by with him begins to weep with him. The family they walk in begin to see this man who was impaired, couldn't see color for the first time. Now overcome with emotion in the room, a miracle has taken place. He can see color now. I shared that story, beloved, because this is the one, uh, this is the way that someone feels when Jesus opens up our eyes to his love and to his grace for the first time. It's no wonder that those who accept Jesus Christ begin to break down in tears. It's no wonder why when someone gets saved at the altar and they're sobbing, they're like, God, I thank you. My eyes are open. I can see your grace. I can see the beauty. I can see all of a sudden something's lifted off. God begins to restore some things. The world doesn't look the same anymore. You know, we don't desire the things that we used to anymore. The appetites of the world no longer uh, begin to be appetizing anymore. The colors of the grass, as you begin to drive by, you see the skies are blue. I mean, everything changes in the light of Jesus Christ. I love that hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, the devil wants to blind and deceive people about not seeing Jesus. The devil doesn't want people to experience and encounter Christ where their eyes are open to the truth. And so the devil's desire is to keep people in blindness to the beauty of God's redemptive love. Satan is destructive and he's successful at it. You know, at one point in history, he controlled the minds of the whole earth. Genesis 6 verse 5, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth 
and that every intent of the thoughts, get that, of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. God was so sorry. God made mankind and all of a sudden his heart, the hearts of people had gone so wicked that the thoughts were only evil continually. I want you to notice that says it's the thoughts and the intents of people. That the devil had corrupted their minds. That God had to send a flood of judgment on the earth. And so the devil knows from the beginning. He knows every trick in the book. Every scheme. And the method of just simply corrupting your mind. And his desire is for the blind lost person to never embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And not only does he want to keep sinners away from God. He wants to keep the saints blinded as well. Forgetting what Jesus has done in their life. Showing them the true color of grace. So let's talk about secondly, the battle at the gate. Now I'm sure you've heard the story as to how many enemies broke past the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China was a history uh, over 2,700 years and was built along the Chinese border to simply keep out the enemies. And the wall was impossible to breach, yet enemies managed to get over and through the wall. And you know how they did it? All they had to do was find one soldier along the wall who was vulnerable to a bribe. You know what, this wasn't difficult at all. They began to give money to a particular gatekeeper who simply opened the gate and let the invading army walk straight in. You know what, Satan seeks to do that in your mind. He wants to bribe you. He comes to the gate of your mind and he seeks to hold out a bribe in which you want very badly. He's saying, listen, I know you want this. He dangles it right in front of your face. I know you, it's called temptation and he waits for you to want it so badly enough that you give in. Listen, you can't defeat Satan if you don't understand the power of your mind. Ephesians 4 verse 22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You see, Paul reveals that Satan knows the areas of weakness in your life because he knows that he's tempted you at those particular spots before and he's going to do it over and over again. Your old man, listen, begins to grow corrupt as you give in to those desires. Your old past, your old habits, it begins to grow stronger and begins to corrupt your life. Listen, don't let your mind be passive. Don't be like the gatekeeper at the great wall of China and just allow the enemy to come through. Listen, you got to be a man of God. You got to be a woman of God ready to stand and say, no, not today. You're not coming in this mind. You're not coming to this city. You're not coming to my family. You're not going to corrupt my mind. You got to be a man or a woman of God that you got to say, I'm going to protect the oil. I'm not going to allow the flies to come in. Woo, I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and destroy what God has done in my heart, in my mind. Don't let your mind be passive, but let it be protective. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard the mind. 
guard your heart, guard your mind, since every issue in life springs from your mind, springs from your heart. You got to keep the issues of life protected. You can't just tell your mind just to wander around. Satan will put thoughts in your mind. He'll attack you if you leave the door open. I was thinking about illustration. You know, what normal person, right, gets out of their nice, expensive, beautiful car and leaves it unlocked with the keys still in it? Especially you got some nice things in your car, you know. But you see, that's how you leave your mind. That's how you leave your mind unlocked. You leave your mind unlocked. You leave the keys in the ignition. Just the enemy comes in, drives and takes control and drives off. And you wonder why, oh, I keep getting in this situation. I keep, listen, get, go back to the enemy's camp. Take back what he stole from you. You've got the authority. God has given you the power. But the thing is, don't allow your mind to be open. Don't allow your mind to be unlocked. Don't hand over the keys. Because we read in the Bible that Satan puts thoughts in the mind of Judas. He either left his mind unlocked or he simply gave the key to the devil. Jesus once said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I mean, this is Pastor Jesus. Can you imagine, you know, uh, Martin comes to Pastor Jesus and, and, and Pastor Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, I mean, something must have taken place. Apparently, Peter left his mind unlocked when Peter opened his mouth. It revealed that he left the enemy inside. There's a real, you know what, understanding when we get in our minds and we understand, listen, we can allow the devil to come in. We can allow the devil to take control of our minds, take control over our actions. I've shared it so many times. I feel like God is speaking to people when it comes to giving. Story of Acts chapter 5 verse 2, Peter and Ananias. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Listen, whoever it is tonight, I don't know who it is, but God's speaking to you every single service from this text. And he's trying to get in your mind about when it comes to giving. That when it comes to giving to God in his kingdom, are you going to allow the devil to come into your mind and say, listen, you need to save the tithe. It belongs to, you know what, uh, you've got to pay rent, you got to pay this. Listen, why don't you honor the Lord and give and watch the heavens open and God can provide for you like never before. But you see, the devil wants to enter into a passive mind. The devil wants to come in and say, listen, I know exactly how much money you have. I know how much money where you can go. And I know how God can bless you if you don't give. But I want to keep you in poverty. I want to keep you bound in a mindset of poverty. Where you don't experience the greater blessing of eternal riches. Where you don't experience the wonder of God opening amazing doors. God opening amazing opportunities. God giving handfuls on purpose. I mean, it's limitless. But yet God has the enemy, the devil, the God of this age has completely blinded the saint when it comes to finances. Will you withhold what belongs to God or will you give what belongs to him? The devil knows exactly your weakness. Let's close thirdly with the final point, and that is the battle of glory. The battle of glory. Listen, in all that Satan seeks to do, in all the ways he attacks your mind, there's hope that you can be victorious. What is necessary for victory? 
Well, let's give you hope tonight from the scriptures. Number one is repentance. To repent means to change the mind. It means to turn around and go in a new way. God calls us with a still small voice and he begins to speak to us. Imagine a child standing at the edge of a cliff and the dad sees the son standing at the edge of the cliff. What does the father do? If he runs to the child yelling and screaming, could it allow the son to try and run away and begin to fall to his death? But what the father does is with a still small voice begins to open up his arms. Turn around, son. Come back here. Turn around. Listen to other things that are going on. Maybe the Wednesday and he starts to yell, son, turn around. Come back. Change your mind. Come over here. And that right there is a picture of repentance from sin. That God holds his arms of love out to you. His son Jesus Christ, his arms wide open for you. God loves you and repentance is an act of changing one's mind. It means to think differently. It means when you allow Jesus and his word to now change your thinking, you are defeating Satan and you begin to walk in the light when you begin to repent and say, man, I've been going the wrong way, but God, your word is showing me. Your word that is a lamp to my feet. Man, I'm on a wrong path. I got to go this way. Repentance, it begins in repentance. Even if you're a, a saint who's been saved, listen, repentance is a beautiful thing. The decision is yours. If you change your mind to do God's will or will you be doing the God of this world, Satan's will? Did you know when Jesus visited the seven churches in Revelations or in the seven churches of Asia, Recorded in Revelations chapter 2 and 3, he was speaking to all these churches. And you know what he said? He was talking about repentance. You know, churches who think wrongly, act improperly. Listen, God is calling the church to repentance. To turn away from the rocks of destruction and turn to the rock of ages, Jesus Christ. Whenever the enemy is attacked and taken captive your mind, he's controlled your mind. We need a reboot. It's not control, alt, delete. It's control, alt, complete. When you surrender your control, when you alter your mind, God begins to bring healing. There's a complete healing right there. The battle of glory involves repentance and secondly, renewal. We must continually renew our minds, renew our commitment to Jesus. Listen carefully, our mind can only be invaded when we leave the gates wide open. But we must keep our minds renewed. How? Number one, the Word of God. This is how we fight. This is how the, the, the God of heaven and earth has given us the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. The Bible speaks of purity and knowledge in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 6, saying that God's Word is pure and the knowledge we need to defeat the devil is in God's power and His Word. Stay in the Word of God. You've got to plant it in your mind. Jesus, how did He come against the devil? Jesus begins to quote scripture. He used the word of God. Part of renewing your mind with the word of God, number two, the Holy Spirit. God's presence in us is the Holy Spirit. 
Paul speaks of the strength in the Holy Spirit. We need, I'm telling you, we need like never before an outpouring of God's Spirit in our lives. We need the touch, the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need to be in His presence. That's why worship before any service is important. That we worship and we begin to exalt the Savior. God's presence comes in and He begins to renew our minds. He begins to renew our strength. When we begin to wait upon the Lord, God begins to renew our strength. And number three, the fellowship of God's people. This is all part of renewal, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and fellowshipping with God's people. 2 Corinthians 6.17, Paul states, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. You see, we need to stay close to God's people. Don't distance yourself, brother, sister. Don't distance yourself from fellowship with God's people. That's why we do these things and we have events. So that way there's people who can get involved and be a part of community. And I'm telling you what, nothing greater than to lay down your life and be a part of God's business to serve and be a part of God's people in fellowship. I love coming on Monday nights to worship practice. Just coming together and just, you know what, simply being in each other's company. Where we begin to sing, we begin to have conversation. Ladies talking over here, over there. I mean, just, you know, fellowship with God's people. This Saturday coming up, you know what, uh, Beach Fun Day. I'm telling you, the reason why we do that is so that way we can, you know, begin to build strong friendships with one another. That no one gets left alone and all of a sudden there's a strengthening of God's people other than in church. Where we can enjoy each other's company. We must stay close to God's people, pray for each other, hold each other accountable. Because iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. I'm telling you, when you begin to have these mind battles, don't give the enemy access into your life. But stand firm, renew your mind, and watch the God of heaven and earth bring an amazing victory. Listen to our text tonight. It says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Listen, the knockout punch for the enemy in your mind is for you to be obedient. When you be obedient, I'm telling you what, the devil is punished. It tells us in the verse being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You got to obey God's voice in your mind, choose to repent, do things God's ways. And I'm telling you, watch when you do His will, God begins to bring a victory in your mind. You're in that ring and you're in your corner. I know who I want in my corner. I want Jesus Christ ready to say, listen, one, two, punch, uppercut, bam. I get out there in the workplace, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I'm ready. Why? Because I got someone in my corner who's given me instructions, who's giving me, and he comes alongside and goes, yep, step aside, I got this now. He fights my battles. Oh, you're disqualified. Yeah, because I got God on my side. He fights our battles. When you allow God to come in, he gives you all the resources that you ever need. Arm yourself up. Brother, arm yourself up. Sister, in the whole armor of God, stand firm while in the midst of it all and watch God bring amazing victory in your life. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The mind battles can be won not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord.
God wants to give you victory in your mind, but you got to get the keys back. You got to put up a guard and don't allow the enemy to bribe you. But you got to constantly repent from your sin and renew your mind daily. Renew, renew, renew. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's in this place tonight. I feel His presence here in the midst of us here in this place. God wants to speak to you. He's dealing with hearts tonight. There's someone here, no doubt, you've never turned from your sin. You've never turned to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, you can do that right now. This is the acceptable time, the Bible says. Now is the time. Tonight is the day of salvation. You can be born again. I want you to do one simple thing. Just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I know I'm, I'm away. I'm in sin. I'm living in sin. I'm, I'm here. I'm not right with God. Lift up your hand. This is a moment right now. It's serious. It's not something to joke about. Lift up your hand. Say, yes, that's me. Lift up your hand. Say, yes, I'm not saved. I'm not right. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus. But tonight you want to come home. You've allowed the enemy to come into your mind. You're backslidden. You know it. Be honest before God. Yep, that's me. Lift it up. Lift it up. No one looking around. Just between you and God. Come on, let him give you the colors back. Come on, let him give you the true colors back in your life. When you see the wonder of his grace. When you see the beauty in his redeeming love. Lift up your hand. Maybe all you see is dark colors and grays and tones. The, the life that Christ offers you, He wants to give you life and life more abundantly. But you're living in sin. You're backslidden. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. Lift it up. God's dealing with you tonight. Lift it up. God loves you. God's dealing with you tonight. Turning to the church. Church, this generation in which we live in is being swept away in the thinking and the mindset of the God of this world. We must not join that way of thinking and acting. We belong to God. We've been bought with a price. Let us tonight make a new commitment with our minds, with our entire life to the Lord who gave himself for us at Calvary. He is our champion. And he fights for us. Amen. These altars are open. Why don't we come and find a place to pray? Come. Come to the altar. Let God begin to help you with your mind. Maybe you've allowed the enemy to capture your mind tonight. Maybe he's controlled you. He's corrupted your mind. Our minds can be corrupted so many times different ways you can be driving and all of a sudden your mind's corrupted ads everywhere on the road there's, there's people out there I'm telling you temptations everywhere our minds can become corrupted the devil wants to blind you deceive you come on it's time tonight you say I'm ready to be a gatekeeper today I'm ready to be a gatekeeper I'm ready to keep the keys I'm not going to lose the keys keys of the kingdom Jesus said repent therefore for the kingdom of heaven is at hand tonight let's pray let's ask God to help us in our minds 
Come on, you pray. Lift up your voice. Take dominion right now. Oh, yes, Lord God. time. 
Say, Lord Jesus, restore my sight. 